Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, it's episode 169 of Please Advise, and sometimes I want to talk to people that I can't bring you in person. So today's guest is one of my favorite people. He has a podcast on the Emotionally Broken Psychos Network. Still not sure if that's going to be the final name of my burgeoning podcast network, but that's, that's what it's called right now. His name is Troy McEady. He hosts The Smush Room. It's a podcast all about relationships you may have forgotten about in the past, but that Formed our pops, sorry, formed our pop culture landscape. Another thing Troy and I have in common is we both haven't slept much in the last week. Hi, Troy. Hi, how are you? Love you. Good. Episode one sixty nine. It's perfect. What about just like an eighties TV audience? And I was like, ooh, (laughs) I would love that. I would love that. How are you doing today, dude? I'm good. It's like I'm scalding hot. My apartment is like. Have I told you that I think my apartment's built on an ancient burial ground? We can get into it, but it's fine. Nice. Maybe a little bit, but I need to know more. So, like, I have all these weird things happen. Like, my landlord told me that my apartment was built in, like, 1918 and that it used to be a schoolhouse. And okay. so already it's, like, I'm picturing ghosts, like, rolling, like, balls across the floor. And, like, that's what comes into my mind. Yeah, and, like, in 1918, kids were still, like, dropping dead of polio in school. Yeah, at, like, eight. Like, being 20 was, like, elderly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, all this weird... People sh- weren't hot yet, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, people really only got kind of, like, sort of attractive, like, <laughs> like around, like, the late 1920s. <laughs> I noticed that. Because, like, you see, like, oh, this person was known as a real beauty back in 1922. No, and it's just like, oh, my God. Figures are disgusting looking. <laughs> no, it's awful. Like, like, it's just, it's a yeah. dark time. And, like, this building, I mean, I only get good vibes in here, but I always feel weird things happen. Um, and I always say, like, I make a joke that it attracts, like, um, vintage bugs, because it's, like, so old that these bugs feel, like, safe to, like, swarm here. So I always have, like, giant mosquitoes that have, like, pterodactyl, like, like uh, wings, and, like, it's ridiculous. But I just found out, to make a long story short, that I have a fly swarm 
living in no. it's called a cluster if you're being scientific living Ugh. in the windows like all of my windows oh no so they so like are they on the inside or the outside oh they can contort their little bodies and crawl inside yeah Ooh, and it's and they're just like all having sex and having babies yeah. more babies in your window yes. and it's oh. a lot of it's a mass amount i feel like the candy man like there's like flies coming out of my mouth it's really bad oh uh babe that's like absolutely terrifying i had fruit flies um this week and trick where you put like apple cider vinegar in a jar with like dish soap and hot water and you leave it out overnight like there's one right there on the counter oh and is that what that is i was i was a little scared to ask oh you thought i like pissed in a jar <laughs> maybe Christina. i don't know what kind of like holistic shit you're into now girls don't pee in a jars that's for like truck drivers and like actually like a lot of guys randomly pee in jars i don't know if it was like a new goop trend or some sort of thing no. No, I'm not that. <laughs> I don't take care of myself that well. If that's a version of taking care of yourself. Because, like, you're Troy, in a sterile, so maybe it was sterilizing the room. I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, Troy, if you, like, okay, have you ever pissed in a jar and, like, kept it around? Um, I mean, I've definitely peed in, like, a jar-like object, but I've never kept it around. I, I'm A jar-like object? <laughs> you know, something... Like a Gatorade bottle? Yeah, like a bottle, like a water bottle or something like that, but, like, I've I've done away with it, like, as soon as possible. Like, I want to, within seconds, have that have not happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like once in a while you meet one of those guys that just has jars of piss. Yeah, like, it's a thing. This guy, yeah, a guy I went to college or high school with, like... We were all in his room hanging out, and he was like, no matter what happens when I go downstairs, don't look in the closet. Oh, my God. Which we were like, of course, we're looking in the fucking closet. And there was just, like, jars of piss. Oh, Oh, God. Yeah, that's... And at a certain point, you have to wonder if it's, like, a fetish. Yeah, I was going to say, that's got to be, like, that's, like, rooted in something. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, something deep going on if you feel, like, it's appropriate to keep your, like, bodies... uh, waste yeah like it's very weird i mean like i've had to pee in bottles for like concerts and stuff and i like threw it in like a dumpster you know what i mean like i've never i've never like stored my pee that's very like uh i know it's very like it reminds me of uh have you ever seen that i want to say it was a calista flockhart lifetime movie where she like stored her vomit in jars in her closet oh my gosh i've seen that episode of uh of uh intervention no, it was like a, it's like a made-for-TV No, movie. I know, but there was also an episode of Intervention where a woman barfed into large oh, containers in her closet. a really hard closet. conversation for me. We could watch that. Oh, no, I was going to say you can't watch that. Um, we could do that for your life. No, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't close to Fleckhart. It was like Fa- Fair Fawcett, maybe? Oh, was it? Was it was it a lifetime movie? Listen, none of us need to be right about this. <laughs> okay, yeah. like, okay, this is not, sorry, sorry, sorry. this is not the hill we're going to die on today, <laughs> but... I will say that my only thought about the pee jars that's finally occurring to me for the first time in my life is, like, once you pee into a jar and it's in your closet, like, do you remember in high school, like, trying to hide fucking anything? Like, you just couldn't hide anything. No, yeah. Like, even if you waited till your family was out of the house, like, if you pissed into a jar, your mom would then be like, where did that jar come from? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you just couldn't get away with anything. So I could also see how you fall into a trap. I got away with I got away with some hiding things. 
Yeah, but that's because you're like the least sus person like on the planet. Like <laughs> yeah. your mom probably knew about it and was just happy you were having fun. <laughs> like what did you do? Um, I was definitely hiding like journals and shit in the like uh ceiling tiles above like their washing machine. What was going on in those journals? <laughs> some dark shit. It was some dark shit. I was having a rough time. Wow, Christina. I was having a really rough time. Was this before or after you were handing out condoms on the street? That was, to it was before. Men? Christina, when she was a teenager, like worked in like sex education. I die over this. I did. And she literally, I wrote as a, manual. Like, a fucking teenager, would be handing out free condoms. Yeah. On oh the my street. god, I love that. Which is like a great, I mean, it's a good public service. It just, I can't think of anyone more inappropriate <laughs> than a developing teen girl to be handing out free condoms <laughs> on the street to like probably mostly adult men. Oh my God. It was, it was supposed to be to other teens, but it also ended up being adult men. It's also like teens, like hey teens, who does any teens? Well, that's the thing. Like they think they think that like it's gonna the message is gonna go down easier when it's coming from another one peer their age. Totally, I know. It's just like it's like you're almost speaking down to your peers. Yeah, and I know. It becomes embarrassing. Like I don't think I would take a condom from another teenager. Probably not. No. But you know, I'd be extremely put off. But I'd be like, I'd, I'd probably be really jarred at first, and then like take a step back and be like, I'm proud of you. Babe jar. It was free. <laughs> Kids love free shit. <laughs> um, People would like reach in and take a ton of condoms. And we knew they weren't, some of them weren't using it for its intended purpose, but. What did you think it was being used for? Water balloons. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, if it was, I was teenagers. Say we're shoving cocaine up your ass. If it was teenagers taking them, they were probably taking them just to be, to like tell the story of how they got a free condom today. Do you know what I mean? Like. Totally. Totally did it for the story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I went to Newberry Street, which is, like, the shopping district in in Boston and, like, the main city. And my friends and I thought it would be, like, super hilarious to go into a sex shop. And so um, I bought three condoms, like a vanilla, a strawberry, and a chocolate. I did the Neapolitan. Okay. I made, I made a Neapolitan of condoms. So I bought these fucking condoms and then my friend and i on the way home like decided to like blow up one of the condoms and make it a balloon on the train and so i just like forgot that i had them and then my mom decided to like i don't know like once i was in high school she was pretty hands-off with a lot of stuff and for some reason she decided to like go through my coat pockets and like found a receipt for condoms oh god and like literally approached me after school like as if i had a gun and, like, she found a gun in my room. And I was, like, she's, like, are you uh, having sex? And I and I was, like, no. I was, like, we bought them because we thought it would be funny. And, like, even that I was so embarrassed to say to her. Like, I, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and she's, like, I know. I just was, like, thinking about it. I was, like, who, she, who would she even be having sex with? And I was, like. Oh, God. Ugh. And then it leads it was, into a whole like, thing. Awful. It was awful. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess in a way, like, that's the terrible part of being a teenager is, like, you're kind of fucked either way. Yeah. Like, you either are having unprotected sex so your your parents don't find your condoms or you're buying condoms and you have to have the fucking conversation anyway. I was not having sex, though, for the record. I was, what parent do you want to be? I just, like want my kid to talk to me but like my mom like would look at me like a puppy like yeah. like a big puppy 
and be just like, do you have anything you want to tell me? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> like literally no. And she'd be like, I just want you to come to me. Like, I just want you to feel comfortable talking to me. And I'm like, all this conversation about talking to you is making me really fucking uncomfortable. Like, I just don't have any bobs to drop on you, Shauna. But um, I think it was because my grandmother was really unapproachable about that stuff. And I kind of feel like that will skip a generation if I have kids. Like, just like if they want to come and talk to me, they can. If I should have a, a, a mom that wants someone to talk, like, if I should have a kid like my mom who wants someone to talk to, they could talk to me. But I would just like to avoid probably having kids all together at this point. I don't feel like this is really a country I would want to give birth to. If you have a kid, great. Keep it. You already did it. But I think you're probably crazy if you're trying to get pregnant right now. That's my you know point of view on that. I had a very similar, like... In this, in the realm of like height, trying to be a teenager and like hide things, it's like when you're a teenager yeah. and you like have to hide something that's like really incriminating. There's like never a more prominent moment where you realize you own nothing. Like nothing in your house is yours, and like even the right. shit that you think is yours is like it's not really yours. So like you can't really hide anything. Um, but when I turned thirteen, I was either thirteen or fourteen, and my mom had like. My mom, like, for Christmas that year, decided I could have, like, a teenage bedroom. Like, my Christmas uh-huh. gift that year as a, you know, I, she was like, we'll just, like, buy you a bunch of shit for your room so you can be, like, a teenager or whatever. This was also yeah. the early 2000s, like, super late 90s. So, like, internet was, like, you know, obviously it was like, well, I want a fucking computer in my room in some form. So my mom, being, like, the tech queen that she is, she, like, do you guys remember web TV? Yes. So my mom got me web TV for my television, which was supposed to be like very teen centric, you know, like you could get on like aim and like do all the things. And of course, being like a 13 year old boy, the first thing I did was type in like sex.com. I was like, duh, like it took, you know, it took less than one (laughs) minute to like start using like searching like debauchery. And I went to like, were you out at this point? Do you mind if I ask? Oh, no, I was like very fucking very fucking closeted but also like the gayest you know what i mean just say oh right. true walking contradiction and so okay. i typed in like sex.com or something and like this was back in the day when if you went to a porn website it would attach to like your email you'd be getting spam like and this was a internet service that was on a tv so it wasn't like it was like safe or had like ad blocking or anything so my mom, like, goes to look at my web TV, and at this point, it's totally lost control. There's, like, crazy shit popping up, because also, back in the day, before porn was, like, filtered on the internet, so, like, it would just, anything could pop up. And uh, yes. my mom truly, <laughs> like, I, I I would guess it's the closest. Really? She's... You don't say. <laughs> it's, like, the closest she's come to death. Like my, I'm learning so much. My young mom, my, like probably at the time like 20 something year old mom was like what in the actual fuck and we had to have like the sex talk she was like shaking and i was like no it's fine like i literally just typed in like boobs.com and like it went haywire and like that's what led to our uncomfortable sex talk which was about me being safe having sex with a woman which is a whole nother thing so yeah yeah straight parents are not well equipped to give the sex talk in general, period, let alone, like, giving the sex talk to their queer oh God. kids. Oh, my God. What do you mean straight parents aren't welcome to give the sex talk? I know not to their queer kids, but, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? 
You just said straight parents aren't welcome to give the sex talk. No, no, no. I said they're not well equipped. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like, well, why not? Lots of straight people have sexy, <laughs> sex, sexy lives. <laughs> so health, healthy sex lives. Kamala Devi's straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect example, honestly, as a straight woman with a sexy life. There's plenty of people. There's plenty of straight people that know lots about sex. No, but I'm saying the general sh- straight per- plot population, like the parents, oh, just you're don't generalizing know how to- my people. Yeah, I'm generalizing <laughs> your people. I don't appreciate that, Christina. Like not just straight people. Usually, you what we're there talking about. I just resent that it's like it's like no. Actually, there's plenty of like right, very but we're, well like educated. we're talking about in this scenario, we're talking about straight parent talking to their gay kid about sex, and I'm just saying oh, like straight parents in general. Yeah, yeah, like parents in general are. Are well, are, aren't well equipped to talk to the kids. About yeah. It. So shut up, parents <laughs> at home listening to this. Shut up. She, she, um, she gave me the classic birds and the bees, the one that they gave you in like the fifties. You know what I mean? Like nothing pertained to me, and I knew it, and was like, "We'll just, I'm just gonna sit this out and let her finish about me making love to a woman. I'll just let her finish. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'll let her go with it. She she feels that she needs to do this right now. It's fine." My mom uh, rented a video from the library. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. No. And, like, it was just, like, kind of about the biological aspect of sex. Like, where a child comes from. It wasn't about, like... I mean, I think it was probably, like, when a man and a woman love each other. Yeah. Like, you know, that was... But it wasn't, like, anything about, like, the actual intimacy or romance of it, which I feel like is a completely different talk. Yeah, for sure. That you should give it a much later time. But... I was, like, very much... Emph- like, my family very much emphasized, like, the Jane the Virgin of it all. It's just, like, that's it. You can only give it away once. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Use you it cannot, That's it. Like, and then you're ruined. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that, like, I picked that more up from, like, pop culture and, like, just, like, you know, maybe sex ed class at school and stuff and just, like, really people encouraging people to, you know, stay stay a virgin for as long as possible. And I think I remember they had, like, a senior come in who was willing to say that he had had sex and was like, I had sex and I regretted it. Like, oh it was okay. But, like... Now looking back on that, I'm like, they had some like fucking seventeen year old boy come in our class and be like, I fucked. Like I <laughs> By the way, let's talk about something I really don't want to talk about because I do consider myself an expert on this and I as I said to a friend, I feel like we've all handed everyone a fucking loaded weapon by bringing up this conversation because people don't know what they're talking about, but big dick energy. Like yeah, yes. It's 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 everywhere right now. I feel like almost we'd be remiss not to talk about it because we cover these sort of things on this show. But I again, I feel like we've introduced amateur hour. Yeah. Like this is just it's so rough. I'm so like people just be like, oh, so, oh, total BDE. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, point one percent of the population has BDE. Like. Your cool friend, like, who fucks a lot, does not have BDE. Like, it's a very specific vibe. And uh, uh, I wanted to say that the kid at my high school, I realized, that had BDE was, like, just this guy that, like, unexplainably started getting laid. Like, like maybe junior, senior year. And he just, like, got laid all the time. And, like, by tons of different girls. And he was just, like, really chill about it. 
And I realize now, looking back, like, oh, he totally had a big dick. Yeah. Like, that's what that was all about. I mean, yeah, it's like that guy always has, like, I had friends like that, or like, more so I had girlfriends who were, like, m- crazy about guys like that, and I would watch that yeah. specific kind of guy with, like, a very specific kind of big dick energy watch women around him literally be ripping their hair out and like climbing through windows to like get to them and they right. didn't give a fuck like they would just sit back relax and like wait for the next girl to show up to like give them head in a bathroom or something you know what i mean like just fr- girls yep. frantically trying to like uh, obtain this guy and like having him one time and then like literally losing their fucking minds and the guy doesn't care like that's true big dick energy um, babe, I wanted to ask you a question, which is, did you see my tweet about who I think the person with the most big dick energy of all time in the history of pop culture is? Oh, no, I don't think so. Who did you say? Kristen Cavallari. <laughs> it's, uh, honestly, it's nothing even needs to be said. It's very true. Kristen is, yeah. Like, that is, that's the X Yeah, factor. it's true. Like, she's always had this thing. Like, even in high school, she just knew none of it was a big fucking deal. None of this matters. Fuck y'all. Even more so in high school, I think, than when she was older, because it was so raw. Like, it was so, like, sort of, like, I don't know. It was alarming to see a 14-year-old be that self-assured. It was alarming. It was also alarming to see a 14-year-old give such um, incredible, like, advice to other women about how to be confident and, like... Yeah. Not chase after boys that aren't worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's the stakes for 99% of people in life is just like high school is everything. And if anything goes wrong, I fucking I'm dying tonight. Yeah. Whereas like Kristen just like knew like we're only here for a time, man. Like this is a very small part of a big picture. It's so true. Um, So that said, ooh, gosh, that said. Uh, do you want to take our phone calls? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, I love you. Love you too. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, Moss, Christina, guests, and wags. I'm just calling to say thank you for giving me a kick in the pants to go on Tinder and actually get some dating experience. It's always been one of my biggest insecurities that I don't have a lot of experience. I'm 21 and going into my junior year in college. And I really needed to branch out, and y'all gave me such great advice. And I went on Tinder, and I'm going on lots of dates, and I'm getting a lot of experience. And I just feel so much more confident, and I wanted to say thank you because that's really the advice that y'all gave me, and I took it to heart. However, I don't have a lot of expertise when it comes to texting. I always prefer talking in real life. But a lot of the people I talk to on Tinder are really good at texting, or they seem to be, and I am kind of confused with all... I mean, Troy, I don't know about you, but, like, I, like, want to text you and, like, Christina. I don't want to text a guy I met off Tinder. And... Why? Because, honestly, they're not my friend. I don't have a lot to say to them. Like, there's no... Right. It's, like, it's a false... It's a false sense of, like intimacy to me and I feel like when I start like you know if I have a date set up with a guy and he just starts like randomly casually texting me 
because like we have a date coming up. I'm like, you just want to pass your time at work. Yeah. Like one, this doesn't bode well for like this ever being a serious thing, which is not the only reason why I date, but it's not like I'm like, I'm out to like make a lot of fake relationships. I like just trying to pass my time. Like, no, I have ways to pass my time. And like, I would rather be with a friend. So I say to our caller in a way, like, you can kind of just say what I say, which is like I'm not really into texting uh, when I'm when I'm getting to know someone. Like, let's get to know each other in person, and if at that point we want to text each other, that's great. But like, you know, if if someone sends me a fucking YouTube link and I haven't even had a drink with them, like I hope they die. Oh my god. <laughs> Now, Troy. Before we proceed, I, I I'm curious to know what, how old how old you are. Um, I just turned thirty. Okay, okay. Troy's grown. Um, what do you think about texting? Like, I know you do the dating app thing too, right? Yeah. I'm just wondering if there's a generational thing going on here. You know, what I, I mean? don't think so. I mean, because we okay. grew up, we grew up with texting too, right? So, but I mean, I mean, like, I feel like Gen X uses email in a different way than we do. Yeah, but I would never email someone I met on Tinder either. I just think it's like that burning communication. It's just like a time burn. Like yeah. it's like someone's at work and they're like, who do I text? Like, oh, I'll text this girl that I matched with on Tinder. Like, let's see if we can get some like inside jokes going and like bits going. And I feel like that's like I have friends that like will be like, but we had like such good texts like before we went on the date. And then like, he just was like kind of weird in person, but like, I can't forget, like he made me laugh a lot. And it's like, some people give good text, but like, you're ultimately going to have to date them. So in a way, like I would rather just not be like the dartboard that he's throwing darts at all day when really it's like, Hey, you should text either your friend some girl who doesn't respect your time or have boundaries or just, I don't know, like maybe fucking work. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, and this is like a weird thing that I don't know. I don't think many people talk about, but it's something that we all, I think sort of like at least think about that. Like, you know, there's like, like she said that she's like not good at texting in quotes. And it's like, I don't think there's any such thing as being good or bad at texting. Like, I think that you have text. <laughs> this is going to sound so fucking dumb. But I think that you have, <laughs> like, text compatibility with certain people. Like, there are people in my life that I'm really close to in life that I hang out with all the time. Like, we laugh in person and, like, I think they're hilarious. But, like, we're not text compatible. Like, they either text too much. They text too... Oh, that's so you know true. What I mean? Like, they text yeah. too little. That's... Like, they're, they don't stop texting. They send a million things. Like, there's just a certain compatibility with certain people that you have when you communicate mm-hmm. in, like, a nonverbal way. And, like, I don't think that you should... That's so true. Like, you shouldn't change how you communicate via text. Like, if, if like, you're talking to somebody that, like, you, like, are text compatible with, then it means that, like, there's, like, something there. You shouldn't, like, try and change how you talk in a text to make to match like who you're talking to because it's just like a fool's game you know what i mean okay well yeah i agree with that like i think everyone can wind up on a different end of that spectrum i will say though really quick that in my mind like the way that people used to be like oh if you sleep with someone on a first date like that's you know that's a sign of disrespect for me i if a guy sends me 50 texts before we go out yeah that is more emotionally slutty than actually, like, you know what yeah. I mean? That's the most emotionally think, slutty thing you can do. Do you think you could be with someone who who you're not text compatible with? It, uh, it'd be hard. Really. It would be really, really hard. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know. You just kind of have to accept that that's like the one thing that you guys just don't align with. I just think that it's it's symptomatic of a bigger problem. I do too. Mm. Like it's about how you use your time. It's about what you value in relationships and intimacy. Like again, like I think you can become text compatible with someone, but I think it's better to not like force the issue before you guys have even spent enough time together. Like if she's out dating multiple guys and some of them are just like a drain on her time, one, there's an assumption that like you're the only guy they're dating. Yeah. You know, because they're like, oh, well, if they were to find out she was talking to 30 guys seven times a day over text and like had inside jokes with all of them, like, they probably wouldn't feel like they need to text her at all. But I just I just I don't know. I think that it's OK to just say, I mean, I have it in my Tinder profile. Like, I don't like to text a lot. So let's just set up a drink. Right. Because I don't. It also like prolongs the whole process. Right. It's, it, yeah. I think people use it as a way to avoid. I think that it really also it says everything about your dating style. People that need to talk for like three weeks over text before they go get a drink are playing grab ass. And like, I don't have any interest in that. Like, this isn't this isn't eHarmony or like, <laughs> you know, like a thing where it's like, let's write essays back and forth to each other. Like that whole OK Cupid thing. The reason why it sucks is because like you're you literally are just like submitting an essay to each other back and forth. And I think that that's just like you're not no one's really worried about getting killed on an online date anymore. You meet in a public place. You meet at a bar. I think you do it early and often. That's my personal motto. Right. We have Lyft and Uber. We can like leave if we need to. Yeah. Yeah, There's no reason. There's no reason to be talking on text that much. And I don't know. I guess I would just ask anyone who's like, but I like it. Well, why are you bored? Feel free to tell us, 323-450-7408. Hit us up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's like a, it's like a thing that I think also kind of can, like, hinder when you do finally, like, meet each other. Like, there's something really awesome about, like, naturally realizing that you have stuff in common with somebody. Like, you haven't given them the whole blueprint of your DNA via text. And then, you know what I mean? Like, you just, like, talk. I also think that, like... We, the way we meet e- people online has changed like people meet each other through twitter where they would be exchanging a bunch of dms before meeting up or you know they'll be meeting people through like insta where they are exchanging a bunch of dms yeah. so like yep you know i think that sets up something that is carrying over to tinder that i think people are just Again, like Molly said, building up like a false intimacy. Or maybe they're just trying to like alleviate their social anxiety maybe by trying to get to know each other more. But it's not you're not really getting to know each other. I don't know. Yeah, it's a false sense of intimacy. And like I just like I don't know. I feel like we've all found ourselves in that situation where, you know, whether it be like a friendship on Tumblr or just someone you meet online or whatever, like you have that mojo going on in text and then in real life, it just doesn't translate and you wind up like trying to turn back time and be like, but no, 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 like we have this and we have this and we have this. Like if it's not there in person, like what's, you know, you can stay online friends if you want an online friend that just doesn't, that's not why I go on Tinder. I'm not, I really don't, I don't want an online friend. 
You're my online friend, Troy. I I I text you. Yeah, and we're very text compatible. Like you don't like make me feel like I like need to like I'm not like a um like I have to respond within like one second kind of person and I don't expect that from other people. So I love that like you and I will have the same conversation stretch out for five days and it's like fine and like you know what I mean? Like there's some people who literally are responding to your text before you even finish with it, like waiting to like go into a whole fucking long thing and I'm I'm not text compatible with people like that. But uh to play devil's advocate though, I will say that I do understand if she's just like getting into you know, it's, like, scary, and, like, if she's just getting up the confidence to, like, start using apps to try and meet people, like, you know, I get, like, you have to kind of, like, take the training That's what off. I was thinking. Like, it's a process, you know, it's a slow burn. Like, I, I did not, like, get on Tinder and then just start shooting off my number and, like, my, like, to, like, go get drinks. Like, it was, a. Uh, I definitely liked at the very beginning to, like, have text conversations, and now I just don't give a shit, but, you know what I mean? Like, it took, you know, it takes you a while to, like, warm up. Yeah, and she's 21, you know. No, she's... but she's not the one who who's having a hard time. Yeah. She just wants the text to stop. So, like, if someone else wants to ease into it, that's great. If our caller feels like texting people, text people. But if you don't like it, you need to tell guys, I don't like that. Yeah. Same way you wouldn't tell, you know, same way you would tell them, I don't like... You know, I don't want I don't want to like move this fast or I don't want to do anything like you have to make your preferences known in every area of your life, like save for the fact of just like being an impossible person. Like, you know, you can't you you know, if you're at a point where everything you do is a you know, you have to throw up a trigger warning, then it's probably not probably not the relationship for you. But um, it's important to make your preferences known in every area because it's your time. And you also, I don't like to set people up to fail. Like if someone's doing something that annoys me, I got to let them know so that if they continue to make that choice, then, you know, okay, then you're not for me. But some people are probably like, Oh, I respect that. Like most girls I've talked to really want a lot of communication. So like, that's good to know. It doesn't always have to be like a, this is going to work or it doesn't work Yeah, thing. But it might be, you know. Um, Sometimes it's nice to just enjoy the journey. Yeah, yeah. And, like, learn some weird thing about yourself that you didn't know before, you know. Yeah. I do. I. The only journey I don't want to enjoy is some guy texting me. (laughs) That's, like, the only journey I'm not going to enjoy. Like, I don't. Okay, I'm very curious. What are your texting pet peeves? Okay, my number one texting pet peeve is, like, um, I I really, really hate, like, a person who stretches what could be maybe two sentences into, like, 40 million tiny little... You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, just say yeah. it. Like, let's not create literal, like, SOS responses to each other. Let's just say what we're trying to say. Do you know what, I'm tra- do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm guilty of that sometimes. Sometimes that bothers me. Sometimes it doesn't. Honestly, what my pet peeve with texting is usually on my mood. Like, sometimes the sound of my phone sends literal shivers down my (laughs) spine. And all I want to do is never fucking speak to anyone again. Like, I have thrown my phone across the room and said, leave me alone. Just because I feel like... If that noise goes off one more time or if the vibrate goes off one more time, like I will, whatever part of me that's staying glued together will come undone. 
that's it's so I mean as and that's not really a pet peeve again it's like my pet peeve is my mood and how I feel like how I interact <laughs> with it when when I'm in a bad mood yeah um I also don't love it when someone makes like a really silly typo like when they are like you know when they spell something wrong with like one letter like they write like w e n and then they like correct it to when oh yeah and i'm like <sighs> i'm not like i'm not dumb I know. like i know you i know you're not dumb like i've heard of typos i do I've that made, all the time christina you don't need to do that for one letter <laughs> i i've made typos myself i'm forgiving of typos from others you know i know what you mean but how much worse There's is only... it though when the, the person that you're texting like will cor- like sometimes i'll say something that's like so blatantly understandable like you know like a w-e-n and then the person will be like, wait, what? Like, as if they weren't able to, like, piece together right. what you were trying to say. Like, are you joking right now? You're going to make me correct right. what I just said. <laughs> right. I and think it's, like, a carryover habit that I had from when I was, like, doing AIM. Because I would do, like, a little asterisk. I do the little asterisk at the end of it, too. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that did carry over from AIM. I just realized that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, back on AIM in particular, like being able to show that you had typing school skills and everything else. Like there was a point in my life, like where if I ever sent a tweet with a grammatical error or anything else, like that shit was coming down, <laughs> like it was getting fixed. And like now I'm at this point where I really did. I reached a point at some point where I just was like, I don't know. I think typos are funny. Yeah. Like, I almost think typos are funnier than not. Like I stopped caring as much, but I remember for a really long time, like your ability to communicate properly on AIM and like have good grammar was like a sign of your personality. Yes. Now I just I don't see it as much being a stickler on text. I don't see as being as productive. That's so true. That was a thing. That was a whole thing. Like being able to communicate really well and like how you like word things on AIM when you're like 13. It's so stupid. One thing that uh, it actually is a pet peeve is... um is like people using obscure acronyms like oh. OML. Oh my god! Yeah. Or, and I'm just like, and I can usually figure it out, but like I'll be like, what? And then they'll be like, on my life, and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was one that was like O O T the O O O. She's O O T. And I was like, what? And she's like, out of touch. (laughs) Like, you honest, like, do I have to log on to Urban Dictionary every time you don't feel like fucking finishing a sentence? Like, that's not. That's like teen, that's teen movie text, like, abbreviations, first of all. Like, that's like not even meant for this actual world. It's meant solely. That's like when they, when they put it up on uh, SVU, like, like, PIR parent in room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> P-I-R uh, But like my favorite is when they make Ice-T read text messages from teenage oh girls On SVU <laughs> oh, It's yeah. the best It's so good Yeah What was the one um, First and true husband <laughs> <laughs> Yes I know what you mean Yeah Foth is in room that means fathers in the room. No, it's first and true husband. <laughs> <laughs> which celebrity? I'm trying to figure out which celebrity was in that episode because it was like. That was the one where I think the dad might have been famous because 
it was like the girl was she fucked someone at school and she was supposed to be like a uh saving herself for her first and true husband <laughs> i think it was a purity ring episode like it started out with a purity ball i don't know oh, oh the episode's called babes babes First and true husband is something that I'm going to take away from this moment. Like, I will start saying Babe, that. first and Oh, true no, it husband. was the little kid. He was famous. What was he in? Oh, it was like Jesse McCartney, Yes, right? it was Jesse McCartney. Wow, that's oh dark. Oh, my God, that is dark. <laughs> <laughs> if you asked me if I even knew who that was like last week, I'd be like, certainly not. <laughs> nope, I know. Um, Where did you pull that name call? out of? I don't know. Like, like my soul. <laughs> like, I literally don't know. Part of me just knows things like that. Do you want to take our next call? Yeah. All right. I think we got this girl. Girl, you got it. So I think I got cut off. But hi, Malls, Christina, Wags, and Jess. I moved to LA last year because my fiance moved here a few years ago for work. He's an engineer. Um, right now, we live, to live apart, but we're moving in together pretty soon in Pasadena after my lease ends. Um, but right now, most of the people we hang out with are his friends or coworkers who I get along with fine, but I'm not the kind of person to have a ton of friends anyway. But what my one best friend who I talk to every day lives across the country, and I have a couple other friends scattered across the country but how do I make more friends who are my own? I'm not the type of person to put myself out there. I'm pretty shy and I travel a lot because I'm a consultant. Um, so depending on my project, I'm not in the state a lot of the time. So I really don't know how to keep in touch with people and grow those relationships. So please advise. Thank you. You know, honestly, I, as I say this, like I just opened up my Facebook app on my phone because I really love the Emotion Broken Psychos Facebook group. And I'm not saying you should join that one. I don't know if like talking about like reality TV and mental health and like who we speculate to be weirdos or people dealing with some stuff. I don't know if that's your bag, but I will say that like I have been pleasantly surprised to find out that how many people I know really enjoy a certain Facebook group in their life. And if there is something that exists, it's a Facebook group for pretty much anything you want. Like I know My Favorite Murder, for example, has a very active online community. Uh, the murderinos are always busy. And I think that, like, they have city-by-city city groups as well. So, like, you know, if you want to be, like, a Los Angeles murderino or whatever, you could do that. And we also, like, all identify our states and where we're from in our group all the time. And we've done city-by-city city meetups. Like, we had a huge meetup in Chicago. Um, we did one in... Uh, I'm trying to think Austin we've done them in different cities um, where I've been and I know that people meet up on their own as well and I have to say like I just like the best thing that comes out of those is a lot of times people walk away with friends so I would tr maybe try and see if like that's I mean I'm just gonna be real with you like I'm not gonna waste your time and tell you you know you should go join a yoga studio because like 
I've gotten a plenty of yoga studios in my life. And like, you really just don't talk to anyone at something like that. Like you really, if you take a ceramics class, let's say you're that one odd person that like takes a ceramics, odds are you're not going to fucking be speaking to people in that class and like meeting up after for a coffee. Like it's just not realistic. And plus you, as you said, you have a busy schedule. So I would say one of the best ways is like using the internet to your advantage and kind of, Maybe if you feel like you know people's personalities or that you have certain bonding points, you'll be more comfortable meeting up with them and not feel so shy. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, like, I don't know. I just feel like like, I it's been like seven months and I just moved into the apartment that I live in now. And like one of the biggest things was I've never I've always lived with like a roommate. I've never lived by myself. And I was always like. But I love being alone and I'm an only child. But I was also very worried about uh, making friends and, like, having people to hang out with and whatever. Even though I'm I'm living near people I know. But, you know what I mean? It just feels like you're, like, out on your own and, like, whatever. Um, but the thing that I find is that adults, like, want friends. Like, it's it's hard. Like, when you're not in school, when you're not in high school or college, like, it's hard to make friends. And, like, I don't know any adult person who feels like they don't have room in their life for, like, one friend or, like, you know what I mean? Or, like, meeting new people. Like, it's hard to meet people. So it's, like, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised if you did, like, put yourself out there. Like, other adults are feel the same way. Like, other people feel, like, fuck, like, it'd be cool to make some friends. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be cool to meet people or, like, feel like uh, I have somebody to, like, randomly text and go do whatever with. Like, when you put yourself out there, it's... uh. I think more people feel the same way you do than not, you know? Yeah. 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 It's hard. What do you think, Christina? Because you're a little bit more, like, shy, I would say. I mean, I'm shy, but I I often uh, become an extrovert in certain situations to, like, kind of just, like, adapt or whatever. But, like, you've made a lot of friends through, like, podcasting stuff. Yeah. And, like, how would you... What do you recommend for, like, someone more like you? Because I feel like that's what this caller is probably... Well, yeah, I mean, I have a social anxiety disorder, and so, like, social situations in general are very, very difficult. Um, So, like... And it I, varies from person to person how that shows up, too. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, I'm just saying, for me, that's, how, that's like, my... That's, like, yeah. a big thing is, like, going out and, like, connecting, like, in a big group of people that I don't know. And it took me... I just, like... I did basically immersion therapy myself. Yeah. Where I just, like went to a bunch of shit that at places people I didn't know and I learned how to figure it out or at least I learned how to cope enough by putting on a persona or that's like me amplified in a way that's like a little bit more of like and and you said this when you saw me do it when I was like at work it yeah where it's like you know it's like the Sasha Fierce version of myself <laughs> yeah know? I love that yeah yeah and it's like, and I can like move across the room because you were just this like version a of me is butterfly at that, and like even me, it's like, a more confident version of me. Yeah, it's still me, and I and I've learned how to like merge the two. I've learned how to be Bruce Banner and Hulk at the same time. Uh, but <laughs> like, but you know, it took a while, and I just you just have to go, you just have to do it, you just have to throw yourself out there because like it's scary, and you know, uh, I've had my fair share of panic attacks at some events sometimes, and yeah, um. But, you know, eventually it became less scary. Yeah. 
Um, to a point where you now are I can good like, at like talking to a vol. Like I always stick. I'll like find one person and stick with them. Yeah. Like, and I just am like with that person. Yeah. Um, and you I work are a room. Really good at working a room. Yeah, I can work a room. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's really that's a skill. That's really hard, Christina. Like, that's a really good thing. I feel overwhelmed at like my own birthday. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I have more than like 10 people to say hi to, like I just malfunction and I feel guilty the whole time because I'm like, oh, I should be. Social shit is so hard, dude. It really is. It's like a big reason why I've just kind of been like locked at home in Glendale and I fucking love it. Like just being by myself. But it's really hard. I mean, I have to I, I just like want to acknowledge that like literally it's a struggle for everyone. And mm-hmm. like I admire anyone that like cares enough to try there are still there are still days and parties where i just like can't do it and i have to leave like an hour in just because like i am so anxious and so yeah overwhelmed and like and sometimes you have bad days but it doesn't mean that like every other one from then is going to be also bad yeah it's just a bad day it's also too like you when you do like for instance the other night i met this girl and like I literally, I'm, I kind of do the same thing where, like, I will walk up to somebody, even in situations where I am surrounded by people that I know and love and care about, if it's more than, like, a handful yeah. of people, I get, I fembot. Like, I literally start freaking the fuck out. Um, but, like, <laughs> when you do sort of just, like, immerse yourself and, like, force yourself to do it, like, the response is so the opposite of what you think it would be. Like, people are so relieved for you to be like, you seem really cool. Like, what's your name? They love it. Like, that's like, I mean, you can imagine somebody walking up to you and saying that, like, what would make you feel better than a person walking up to you and being like, you like are really funny or like, I like your shirt. What's your name? You know what I mean? It's just like putting yourself out there. You have to do it. Like, you just have to force yourself. It's uncomfortable. But I think the payoff is like, is worth it. And then once you do it, like more than a handful of times, you just kind of don't really give a shit anymore. Yeah. 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 Well, I, uh, I appreciate this. We've answered this like call before on other shows too. And so, um, I mean, a lot of different people have different advice for this. I also would say to people at home right now, um, call, leave a message. If you have a suggestion, if you have something that's worked for you in your area or your city, I, I will say that I know, like, you know, you're saying like, I don't want to hang out with my fiance's friends all the time. I want to make my own friends, but like, some of the best friends I've had in L.A. like came through originally I met them through a boyfriend or like it was a a girl my like my boyfriend's friend was dating and we made, like remained friends. That was how I yeah. met my first best friend in L.A. Like maybe even go one on one with some of the, the fiance's friends yeah. and like, yeah. see if something can blossom from that. Maybe they'll invite you to a party where you meet someone else, you know? Yeah, like go for this actually like the single girl in the group or something like someone who's out doing stuff, you know, and you'll find other like minded people. It's a possibility. You don't have to go so like far from home sometime to like prove a point. You yeah, know? for sure. But if you guys have suggestions, three two three four five zero seven four zero eight, hit us up and like you know make some suggestions because we will share them with the audience because this is kind of a like an evergreen question that I feel like we've answered a lot of different times over the years um, for different people in different scenarios and yeah. All right, let's take another call. Mom, I got caught up cut up the last time because. I assume that happens all the time. I'm going to start over from the beginning. I love your work. You're doing God's work. Keep doing it. I'm 29. I'm about to be 30. Um, I'm settled. I'm happier than ever I've ever been. 
I've been dating a total catch for about half a year. Um, and he's great. We sing on so many levels. We see eye to eye. We have great conversation. He's smart. I'm not used to that. Um, I love his friends. He's trying to love me, it's great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here's the problem. Um, I don't think he has an affectionate bone in his body. And we have great sex and all of that. But outside of it, he won't touch me. He won't kiss me. Um, I'm a very affectionate lover. Uh, that's how I show my love, by touching and by saying words of praise. I'm always the one to, in, always the one to instigate it with him. Um, we kiss occasionally in public, but it's only when he's had a few drinks. And even when we're alone, we only kiss when we say goodbye. And there are times where, like, when I'm kissing him, saying goodbye, and I can feel him, like, physically pulling away from me. Um, and it kills me a little bit inside. I tell him all the time how sexy I think he is, how good our sex is, but he never returns that sentiment unsolicited. Um, I'm not begging him for praise, but, like, he it just doesn't happen from him. Um, he's not cheating. I'm confident he's not because he doesn't have any game. We both piss people off. He pisses women off all the time. I do, too. It's fine. I love him. It turns me on. <laughs> we have, we've had explicit conversations about exclusivity, and, like, we've both been hurt deeply by cheating partners. Um he shows his love and acts of service. Like, he'll drop everything to come fix my broken-down car on the side of the road 50 miles outside of town. But, like, I need that physical love and verbal affection. That's what I crave. So how, my question for you, is how do I go about telling him that I need more physical and verbal affection? I don't want to hurt his pride. I can respect it if he's not in the PDA. But I need him to know that that is the kind of affection that I need to be totally fulfilled in a romantic relationship. I don't think that's weird. I've had plenty of boyfriends who are physically affectionate. This is the first time I've dealt with this. So I don't want to have a conversation. I'm a pussy. What do I do? Thanks. Please advice. <laughs> I was waiting for her to be like... Girl, he, he doesn't like you. We don't look at each other when we have sex. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he doesn't like you. I feel bad saying that, but, like, did you, li- like, li- I hope you had a realization when you listened back to your own call <laughs> that, like, he doesn't like you. She's very familiar with the love languages. Yeah. Um, very yeah. familiar with the love languages for someone who's completely, t- like, it's very, like, um, like, a high schooler who's had access to Sex in the City DVDs, like, like, trying to, like, tell me how to live my life. Like, I... Babe, you're, like... Everything you said is a bad sign. Well, like, also, just, like... Like, this is, goes back to being, like, text-compatible, too, yeah. right? It's just, like, you're... You're not... Compa- it, it, even if he does like you, let's operate... Let's try to operate under the assumption that he, lo- that he loves her. Um, your love languages are incompatible. Yeah. Or you, you, you either just have to accept who he is. You cannot change who he is. You have to it's accept like, him who, who he but is. But are you not text compatible if you text someone and they never fucking ever text you back? Because that's what this guy is doing <laughs> yeah. to her. Well, she says that he shows his like, love in other ways. Like, maybe he says an emoji when he's really drunk. Like, that's the other thing. Like, he'll give you a peck on the lips when he's really drunk. Like, that's... In public, I mean, I understand not everyone's in the PDA, and I've been with plenty of guys who don't do the PDA thing, which I that ultimately doesn't work for me. I don't need to right. like dry hump in public, yeah. but I do need someone that's gonna, gonna give me a kiss on the cheek or hold my hand in public. Like, 
sorry, if you can't do that, like, you're either associating those acts with some sort of shame or embarrassment, or you're embarrassed to be with me. That's how I take it. There's no, like, middle ground in my mind. Um, I feel like the things that are important to her just are not being met, and she's probably, it sounds like she's convinced herself, I don't like that you're both, like, he doesn't get along with other girls, and I don't either. Like, what's wrong with you? That's, like, half of the population. How are you just okay with half of the population not being for you? You know what I mean? That's weird. Oh, you know what? Women aren't for either of us. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, that's fine. More for me. Also, do it. What? I said, that's fine. More for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, like... It bums me out. Like, I, I just am, like, yeah, no, no, you can't no. play well with other women, and, like, he can't. Like, well, that's, like, me when I get mad when people blame an entire city for not being, for them not being able to make friends. Yeah. Sure. You yeah. know? Sure. Well, it's, it's also that, except it's, 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 uh, uh it's fucking blatant misogyny, and it's, like, and that, to me, is more offensive than someone being, like, I don't know, L.A. just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> like, if you are fine with him being rude and offensive to other women because you yourself are rude and offensive to other women, then, like, go find an island to live on. I don't know what to do for you. I just really don't think this guy is it. I think you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, and, like, that is just... It's not going to work. I don't know if you've seen a square peg in a round hole, but they just do not... They don't go well together. Troy, what do you think, I think there just is no other answer. It's like... And then at the end of the call, she said, like, you know, I... How do I communicate to him that, you know, like, that stuff is really important to me and, like, that's my love language? It's like, that's how you communicate it. You just tell him. Like, there's no... There's no um, way to... There's no, like, special way to communicate how you feel. You just say it. Like... You just say, right. uh, that's important to me, and if you don't do it, it makes me feel insecure, it makes me feel bad, so what can we do? Like, that's it. And if he doesn't want to, which he is showing you every single day, multiple times a day, that he doesn't want to, uh, you know, I mean, what else is there to say? You know, I when I, the last guy I dated, like, he... Uh, like, had a, on a few occasions said something that really fucking offended me, like, like, one was so stupid, but we had been talking about, like, M. Night Shyamalan movies, and I said to him, like, yeah, like, I knew what was gonna happen in the village really early on, because, uh, they were eating salad at a dinner scene, and I said, this is supposed to take place in, like, the 18 or 1700s or something, like, they didn't have salad back then. Like, no one was just, like, passing around a wooden bowl of salad at dinner. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, he sent me an article that was, like, a retrospective on M. Night Shyamalan. And one of the character or one of the commenters had written something about, yeah, like, there was a lot of tell in the village. Like, my wife is a costumer, and she said something to me about how the necklines on the outfits hadn't really been used in fashion at that point in time. And he was like, God, so-and-so's wife needs to lighten up. And, like, I don't think he even put together that we had been talking about the same thing. But I said to him, I said, that is, like, my job. I said, what she did is a product of her job. I said, it's my job as a writer and as a person who talks about entertainment and all that stuff to lend a critical eye when I watch stuff like that. And if you think that 
anyone should go into an M. Night Shyamalan movie not expecting a twist and just sitting there like a fucking idiot <laughs> waiting for the last three minutes of the movie. If you think that anyone should do that, we're not going to fundamentally work. And additionally, like, fucking respect what I do for a living, you know? And I feel like this is almost like, that's an extreme example and also a very silly one. But it sounds like there are constant negotiations you're making that make you feel disrespected, that... You know, he's just not going to meet that. He's never going to understand. And I remember, like, writing that to the guy I was dating, being like, uh, you mean, like, what I that what I do for a living makes her a pain in the ass? Like, she sounds like a wet blanket? So the guy, like, fell asleep while I was explaining this to him. And, like, in the next morning, he texted me back and was like, whoa, I just woke up to this, like, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I like, it wasn't like, oh, I get it now. Or, like, yeah, you're right. Oh, like, that, because I said to him, like, I don't necessarily enjoy the fact that, like, I can't watch a movie without thinking about, like, what page of the script they're on at a certain beat. I don't like that. It's, like, ruined, but it's part of, like, my brain, and so I just took offense to it, and I think, like, ultimately, this is, these are the sort of things that really, like, make or break your compatibility, and I feel like when it comes to certain things that you're giving him passes for, you're turning red flags into green flags. Like, you really are. You're trying to be like, okay, that that thing that bums me out, that hurts me, that ultimately if I had to live with that and that became a long-term thing for me, like, it would really hurt or it would be a compromise I'm not ready to make. And be careful of the compromises you make early on in a relationship because it just implies you have more room to budge than you want or need. Like, you're only going to... You're only going to wind up compromising more. And at that point, you could start to lose your lose your life. You know, you could lose your life to guys like this really easily. But, you know, if he has no, like, yeah, maybe he comes and fixes your car. I've had boyfriends who wouldn't come fix my car, but they'll, like, pay for dinner or whatever. And I'll be like, wow. And he, like, but he paid for dinner, you know. And, like, oh, he held yeah. my hand. But, like, when I really needed him, when I needed a car fix, it didn't, you know. So that, but that's, that's me. So if you if you're the type of person who's an affectionate lover, which by the way, I think all three of us <laughs> <laughs> all three of us were disgusted. Molly, by that. I'm a very I'm a very giving lover, Molly. Like disgusting. <laughs> like the three of us were just like, don't do this. Here. <laughs> um This isn't savage love, sweetie. And even then I think Dan Savage would be like <laughs> you know. Um but all right, so good luck with all that, Christina, Troy. Any final words for our friend? I don't got I don't nothing. Wags up. I've got nothing. I mean, I used to, my mom used to tell me all the time when I would get really upset about like things that my friends would do when I was younger. She used to say this to me all the time, and I'd be like, "So and so did this again," or like you know whatever. She would always say like that. You, like you actually, you can't get mad at somebody for doing what you know they'll do. Like, at a certain point, like, you're actually just crazy if you continue doing that. Like, you wait for them to respond the exact way that they've always responded that's in their DNA. And then you get mad that they're doing it. Like, that's you actually being You become the fool. Like, you really do. It's my my favorite uh, Maya Angelou quote that uh, wrongly gets misappropriated to Oprah Winfrey. People show you who they are. Believe them. Yes, that does always get misappropriated to Oprah. (laughs) But it's true. It's very true. I mean, there's, like, nothing. There's nothing more to be said, really. Yes. 
Um, well, let's take another call and then wrap up the show. Okay. All right. Hey, Malls, Christina, and guests. My name is Vanessa. I am calling you guys as first-timer. Um, huge fan of Mother May I Sleep With podcast and please advise and almost everything you do. Uh, so this is my question. Uh, I originally live in Santa Cruz, California, but I am originally from New Jersey. Um, I've been living here for six years, so obviously I still keep in touch with my best friend back home who still lives, um, who actually lives in Brooklyn, but, um, anyway, her birthday is coming up and she rented a shore house, so we're going there down the shore in Jersey and she is inviting a friend that I no longer speak to because she was not nice to my best friend at the time. So um, three years back, she came to my house when I was home visiting and my parents threw a barbecue and obviously invited all my friends. She got invited there by my best friend and I kind of threw a fit and told her to leave my home, that I don't like her as a person and I told her my reasons why and it was kind of a drunk rage that I kind of <laughs> did, but I was just, I'm a super loyal person and um, what she did is kind of petty, but my best friend brought her into our circle and she kind of like turned our circle back against my best friend, which I don't know, makes me really upset because I'm a loyal friend and it's like we brought you in the circle so you should treat our loyal friends like loyalty all over. Um, Anyway, the question is I reached out to her telling her I apologize for any hard feelings and that I would like to start fresh, you know, taking the higher road because she is going to be there that weekend down the shore. Um, I haven't gotten any response to her yet. I feel like should I have I called her or that text she'd be okay for now. Um, But, yeah, it's been almost a week that I left that text and she still hasn't responded to me back. And I'm going to Jersey at the end of July when we're having the whole weekend. So I don't know if I should give her a call. I feel like it should be a call for me to reach out to her, but at the same time, I just feel like she did some things that she should apologize for. I'm just trying to take the higher road. Um, But, yeah, that's my question. And thanks. And I'll keep listening to you guys. Love yous. And, yeah, have a great day. Bye. What do you guys think? Uh... I mean, she did. I don't know. I feel like she... I fucking hate group dynamics Uh, like this. I think she did the right thing. I think that she honestly, when she put it the way that she did, where she explained that basically this girl was ushered into the friend group by her best friend and then started to turn everyone on her best friend. Sorry. Like I've had, I've had that exact scenario happen twice in my life, but like most notably in high school, And I was basically, like, left in the dust. Like, I had no one. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, you know, I had, like, my boyfriend and, like, my one of my my best friends from the group would, like, hang out with me. But, like, I was, like, 
they like cut me out of pictures like in the yearbook Damn. it was like really bad and it that's re- like nuclear yeah and it and it was it was like it was bad too because it was like i had I had reported, like, one of the girl's boyfriends for sexually assaulting me. That's, like, basically this is how it all spurred from. So, like, it really, like, I really wound up, like, having a really rough time in my life. And, like, if to this day, like, I wish that one of my best friends had the backbone that I would have had for them and been, like, you know what? No. Like, Molly's our friend. Sorry, like you know, that fucked up situation happened and you feel like you can judge her for that or, like, you know, it was her boyfriend that, like, wound up, like, assaulting me. So the girl that got brought into the group by me uh, wound up turning everyone against me because she's like, Molly got him suspended. Whereas it's like, no, like, he got himself suspended and, like, I'm not okay either. So, like, they really just sucked. And, like, so to hear that, you know, at first I was very, like, turned off by her whole story because I was just like, this sounds so childish. But you did the right thing by sticking up for your best friend. And, like, that's something that I would do for any one of my best friends. And, like, there's been situations with, like, really, like, you know, like, I'll just I'll just say, Ed, like, there's been people that have come into his life that, like, I didn't like the way they started to treat him. And I was, like, not – I didn't make it easy for them. I never, like, got to the point where I had a meltdown, drunken rage, which, like, let's all – you know that's a bad look. We can't get you to go back in time and undo that yeah. look. But, like, you know, you were tr- – like, you know, you did the right thing by standing up for your friend. You really did. And why your friend continues to bring this person around, I mean, in a way, I almost – my – my thing would be to your best friend. I would just be like, what do what do you have to do to stop bringing this toxic person into our lives? Because you almost lost your friends because of this. And maybe I shouldn't have put my foot down if you don't care about yourself that much. But, like, I put my foot down because, like, I wanted to fight for yeah. you. And it needed to happen. Like, you wouldn't have any friends to bring to the fucking shore house if this chick had her way. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's my personal experience with it. Like, my POV. There are a lot of people out there who would back it up to, you know, you not being in New Jersey anymore. And, like, you not, you know, not everyone needs to have those friends from home that they go go do a summer share with. Because... yeah. I don't talk to anybody back home. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes, like, you know, this might be a sign that you're outgrowing yeah. them. Yeah. I don't know. What would you do, Troy? Um, I mean, I do agree. I think that she did the right thing. And, like, this is actually, uh, it feels very, like, I relate to her. Because I'm often the person, and I've tried to, like, back away from this, like, as I've gotten older. But especially when I was younger, um, I was always the person that would, like, defend somebody more than they defend themselves like i'm i'm the one that would end up in some sort of dramatic situation like fighting with somebody like this where i have to like reach out and i'm gonna have an awkward interaction where nobody else is and it's actually because i stuck my nose in and like defended somebody uh, maybe a little bit too much um but as far as like what i mean you sent the text and like you were again like the bigger person and like you know, that's a passive-aggressive move to not respond to somebody's text for an entire week. Like, a week is your 
non-verbally trying to communicate like you don't want to like make things better and like you've done what you need to do i don't know if i would be like you know sort of like crawling after this person to try and make amends like you did something wrong you apologize for it and you're trying to make it better because you have an awkward interaction coming up and you know if you've done what you've who knows? Like, she may not be... Oh, sorry to interrupt, but, like, she may not be responding simply because she, like, just doesn't know what to it's say. It's true. Like, it may not be, like, a, I'm ignoring this. Like, fuck this bitch. Like, if that was the case, I'm sure you would have heard from your best friend with her being, like, you know, Lindsay, let's call this girl... Like, Lindsay came to me and said you sent her, like, a really awkward text. And, like, I hope this is a... You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you should go to your friend and be like, yo, I shot her a text to kind of, like, squash the beef. I haven't heard back from her. But I really want to have a good week. And, like, if you have a chance to relay that to her, like, just let her know that, like, I have no interest in going into this week. You know, it's my vacation time, too. I don't have any interest in going into this week. It's one of those things where even if you guys did have some kind of, like, like, if you did call her, for say, and, like, she answered and you, like, talked... It's one of those things where, like, everybody knows what happened. Like, everybody knows that there's, like, there's, like, a thing that's going to happen. You're going to walk into the room, and you're all going to be together, and there's going to be an energy. And it's just going to be a thing that has to, like, shake itself out in person. Like, it could go really bad, or it could be really good. Like, you guys could end up, like, having a bunch of drinks and, like, laughing about it. And, like, you could end better friends. It's just one of those situations where truly anything could happen. But you really won't know until you're all in the same room. Like, you just kind of have to, like, face it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. Like, sometimes things, like, don't smooth out over text. Or they do. And then, like, you're in person and you forgot exactly how weird yeah. it was. Like, you forgot the terms of your agreement. Yeah, like, or it's so intense. Sometimes you could... Yeah, or you could just piss people off via text so easily. I mean, that's, like, kind of the theme of this episode is it's really easy to just kind of step in shit with a text when, especially, you know, it sounds like this girl probably isn't rooting for you to be the most kind and patient person in the world anyway. So when you're reading a text from someone that you're trying not to like, you can find a way to have it be like, well, that seemed disingenuous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was a little... Oh, God, yeah. You can read into a text so many mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Uh, to the point where you go insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're you're not totally. going to know, really. Like, you're going to have to feel, her like, her energy. Because it's like you said, you could walk into the room and she could be... You guys could have a great text conversation, but she could still be... A, We're having a lot of, like, text talk. I know, I oh, know. Yeah, yeah. But she could be totally... That's my new podcast, text talk. <laughs> yeah. But she could be, like, completely cold to you in person. Even if you guys do, like, send emojis to each other. Like, you're going to have to, like, walk through the fire and, like... You guys are all going to have to be in the same room together, and it's going to be awkward, and it's probably going to be talked about. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to have to, like, deal with it in person. There's no way to really kind of, like, squash it beforehand, because you still have to face each other in person, you know? Yeah. That moment is coming, for sure. Um, Well, you guys, um, that was episode 169. (laughs) LOL, bitch. (laughs) Troy... Tell people where they can find you online. I want everyone to go check out his awesome podcast, though, The Smush Room. It's up in uh, half form on Apple Podcasts. And then if you want to hear the whole thing, which, by the way, is still like a full episode of a normal podcast, even just a half of a Smush Room. But if you want the full form, it's available on patreon.com slash ebpsychos, as well as the rest of our 
bonus podcast. Troy, do you want to tell people where to find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Troy McEady. It's T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Oh, Wags knows we're wrapping up. <laughs> By the way, Wags, like, in the background has, like, been killing me. Like, I have to, like, cover my mouth, like, through his growls because I'm, like, giggling to myself. Um, but, yeah, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Troy McEady. He's a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, I, every week, just ramble into a microphone about celebrities that are aging and... <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who Lindsay Lohan dated in 2001. That's the kind of... That's, that's my, like... That's my wheelhouse. That's the only thing I know anything about. So, um, so here's a question for you: What are your favorite episodes of the Smash Room for people who are just starting out? Like, what are um, good, really like good intro episodes? I really like uh, I like the Courtney Stodden and Doug Hutchinson episode because Courtney's very like in the news right now, and I'm just like obsessed with her. Um, Paris and Nick Nick uh, Nick Carter was a good one, I think, because that was a Great one. You did Mary Kate and Heath, right? I think Mary Kate and Heath is like the best episode I've done so far because it's like a murder mystery. It like turned into a whodunit. Yeah, Mary Kate Olsen and Heath Ledger is for sure one of my favorite episodes too. You guys got to check it out. It's really such a good podcast and that like Troy is just like, he makes Wikipedia look lazy. <laughs> oh my God, and thank because- you. And it's because, no, it's like, I know this, like, I know where you come from because I have that, like, love and, like, desire to figure out everything I can about pop culture stuff as well. And so, like, get, like when I recognize that in another person, like, when I see another person doing that, like, this is for people who really appreciate pop culture because a lot of the stuff out there, you know, you go for that content and you're like, I guess I'll take it, like, if this is the best I can get, but, like, this is... If you really love pop culture and like consider yourself like a connoisseur of it, this is a podcast that like is mentally stimulating even for some of the the most uh, expert hobbyists, if that's a real thing. Um, it's <laughs> Thank really you. good. Um, I love you, Troy. Thank you so much for being here. You're the best, Christina. Thank you for being here. I love you well. guys too. Thanks Thank so much you for, for having, having me, me Molly. It's super fun. <laughs> you're welcome for having you, Christina. And you're <laughs> welcome for having you too, Troy. Guys, we're recording this in my bed. Yeah, Molly I, and I are like laying. <laughs> I just didn't. I was up until six o'clock in the morning making sure the episode, first episode of Mother May Sleep Podcast went up on time today. So uh, I. I actually had a hallucination. Christina was in my room. Like, I woke up at, like... <laughs> I, like, opened my eyes, and Christina was standing in the doorway, and I, and I literally said out loud, what? <laughs> and then I, like, blinked, <laughs> and she was gone. So, <laughs> I will say that that might also be an indication, not just the twitching eyelid of how... Fo- Yesterday, Troy... I cried about, I told Troy, I was like, I cried about how mad I am with Chris Brown today. <laughs> <laughs> you you had a, you said you had had a moment to Kanye yourself. And it's just, you know what, when, like, yes, I am mad at Chris Brown and I always will be. But when you're in a place in your life where you just burst into tears on a Saturday because you're thinking about Chris Brown and mad that they play him on the radio, you might be tired, Okay. <laughs> You might be really like I. I was like a toddler that needed a nap, um, and I still haven't taken one. So I, uh, I love you guys. Thank you for listening, Troy. Thank you for being here, Christina. Thanks for everything you always do and recording this in bed with me. 
No, thanks, Molly. Love you. Please advise nation. Give us a call. Bye.